Hey guys, welcome to Coramdeo Podcast. This is one of your hosts, Danny Ramos, with Louis Munoz. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's in the building. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Mr. West is in the building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hey guys, welcome back. Um, at this point, I'm not sure if this is a bonus episode, a third mm. episode, but it's going to be out there at any moment. Yep. So. Uh, I say that, and I don't know why I'm saying that, but here we are recording this episode. Mm. Uh, and it's going to be a little bit different today. We're not going through First Peter as we normally do uh, week in, week out. Uh, Louis, and I think the second episode, explained that uh, really, really well. Explained mm. that um, we are going to be doing one week exposition of Scripture, and the other week we're going to be doing interviews, interviews, uh, with uh, some of our close friends or people in ministry uh, or people that we find out there that it seems interesting to interview about theological topics. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, everything's going to be geared t towards uh, the Christian mm. uh, faith or living under the authority of God because mm. that's what, you know, Corandeo is all about. Yeah. How we live our lives under the authority of God. But enough of me. Today is all about Louis. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> so we this is this is what we're gonna do. We are gonna uh, have a, a, an interview with one of our one of our hosts, Louis. Mm -hmm. It's not me, obviously, <laughs> um, but I'm gonna be asking him some questions, and you guys will get to know a little bit more about how Louis lives under the authority of God. <laughs> so you ready? I'm ready. Cool. Um, Louis, t tell us a little bit about about what you do um particularly in ministry so that mm -hmm. way we can you know have a little of a backdrop and then we will move from there and ask yeah. you a couple of questions yeah i serve at a church in oak park um boulevard presbyterian and i've been serving there uh since 2017 mm -hmm. i have the privilege of um i'm the pastoral resident there um but i get to wear a, a variety of hats um I predominantly, um, I help with the worship team almost every uh, sun Sunday, uh, helping the worship director that's there, whether she wants me to, you know, uh, lead worship a certain Sunday or play drums or play bass or um, anything like that. I try to help her and assist her in any way I can. Um, and Uh, when that's not the case, um, I'm also um, doing pastoral things, uh, whether it's leading liturgy on Sunday. I make the bulletin every Sunday. So if you guys happen to visit uh, Boulevard Presbyterian one Sunday, the handout you get, that's me. I created it. That's all me. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I get to preach um, once a month or once every other month. So, yeah. And... I just want to say I, I just want to say out loud that um, Louis can preach. <laughs> <laughs> I pr so can you? Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> and I, I don't say that just because uh, Louis is a good friend to, uh, uh, of mine and my wife, um, mm. but uh, he 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 is gifted. He's gifted, and the Lord mm. has gifted him with uh, with an ability to preach the word in a mm. way that you know uh, speaks to the heart. So in that same route, talking about preaching. Yeah. Uh, since we're there already, uh, let me ask you this, Louis. And um, I, 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 I remember when you asked me this question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
as if it was just a few hours hours ago. ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is um, how does your sermon preparation looks like? How do you how do you um, in your own words? Mm. How do you get from the bl blank page to structuring your sermon? Yeah, yeah, man. It has changed drastically, kind of like the same way you mentioned yours has. Um, it started initially with me, if I can be completely honest and transparent. So By I all means. I began preaching um, the age of 15. Um, and I remember I was preaching regularly uh, at 17 at a Bible club that I was a part of in Morton East High School in Cicero, Illinois. And my sermons primarily, Danny, was me <laughs> literally copying. Uh, I'd listen to a sermon by Francis Chan or by, you know, what well, at, at those days I was listening to Francis Chan. I was listening to Billy Graham, you know, all those big names. Um, I wasn't listening to John Piper yet, uh, but I was listening predominantly to Francis Chan and uh, Mark Driscoll mm -hmm. and whatever they said that really spoke to me, I would write that down and then I would go preach uh, exactly that message, almost almost word for word, especially Francis Chan. Even calling people stupid? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't I didn't get that far. You pulled with, a Driscoll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with Francis Chan, like almost word for word, it was like, okay, I'm gonna just copy what he's saying because it just ministered to me. So yeah. I thought that's how you write a sermon. And then I realized that's not how you write a sermon. Um, and Man, I remember looking all over the internet trying to find outlines and all of that. And it's really hard to find those things uh, online, which is why I'm so glad that we asked this question of one another. And um, so I created one myself. I said, man, I'm tired of looking. Um, uh, and I think a thing that helped me is I'm an avid reader. And when I read books, um, I ask myself specific questions. So I began to ask myself questions on sermon prep. Um, and there are four, the four tiers that everyone hears in sermon prep or in any type of breakdown of any written work. It's you observe the text, you interpret the text, you apply the text, and then with preaching, you communicate the text. And in observation, I have about 10 things that I go through. So I have... Uh, I have an exhaustive list um, yeah. and I'm not going to go through all of them because we'll have a five hour podcast <laughs> here on our hands. But um, some of the big things that I do is uh, I look, I'm a detective. When I look at it, I, I ask the who, what, where, when, why, how um, certain passages that have some weird wordings or anything. I'll ask, why is this word used as opposed to another one? Um, I go through cross-reference a lot. Um, a good friend of mine once told me that it is scripture that interprets scripture. Mm -hmm. And that's where I get my first interpretation of scripture is what do other passages say that pertains to this text? Um, and then another big thing, and this is a big one, because as you, as you heard me, I was a notorious sermon thief. <laughs> so what I do is throughout the whole process, I'm asking God to reveal things to me uh, and I don't consult any commentaries until I have a firm mm. footing on, okay, this is what, this is how I interpret the text. 
Um, and one thing that is uh, different also is I imagine um, how I, and this is dangerous, so don't end on this, this section here because I imagine how I would write the verse. So I think in my head, how would I word these things? Um, last week, a perfect example of that, I, I kind of, it's second nature to me now, so I do it like in my head. Um, and I did it at the end of last week's podcast with, um, you know, looking at um, how I would preach the sermon. I would start with the obedience. Then yeah. you remember that. Yeah, ending? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how I, backwards. Re- yeah, I rewrite it backwards and say, well, this is how I would preach yeah. it theoretically. Um, but the biggest thing is the same with what you did. I read and read and read over and over the text. If, if I'm preaching a sermon in Luke, um, I'll actually be preaching a sermon in Luke, I think chapter 18 or 17 in a couple of weeks. Um, not only do I read Luke 17, but I try, it depends on how much time I have beforehand. I try to read the whole gospel of Luke, um, just to get a firm grasp of what's going on in Luke. Yeah. And then I, it helps me focus on the context even clearer. Um, then after that is when I jump into interpretation, looking at commentaries. Um, I try to read a lot of commentaries, um, like four or five. Um, and yeah, and they always, they're always different. Um, and they always vary. Um, but then the application, I have a certain questions that I ask for application. Um, and I'll read them. Uh, is there an example to follow? Is there sin to avoid? Is there a warning to remember? Uh, is there a prayer to repeat? Is there a command to obey? Is there a condition to meet? This is important because I'm horrible at memorizing verses. I ask myself, is there a verse in this to memorize? Uh, And is there an error to mark or is there a challenge to face? Uh, And then with communication, this is what I got from Francis Chan. Um, Every time he preaches in front of people, he asks, um, he prays seven things to preach with. And I think this is important. And I hope there's young preachers uh, listening to this. Uh, so they can write each and every one of these down. Um, am I preaching with fear? Am I preaching with love? Am I preaching with accuracy? Am I preaching with power? Am I preaching with integrity? Am I preaching with humility? And am I preaching with urgency? If the answer to any of those seven questions is no, then I'm not done writing. <laughs> mm. So mm. that's kind of a roundabout. And I'll maybe, I mean, I'm even fine. We can post this on our Instagram page and give it to you guys. Cause this is a way. Yeah. Like yeah. nobody has the way of writing a sermon. Yeah. It's my way, but I would say that you have a, a more intense <laughs> <laughs> way than I, than I do. Uh, definitely more organized. <laughs> yeah. I was talking, I was talking to your wife, Bianca, just a few minutes ago that I am a notorious list maker. So, it more than anything else, it's because I enjoyed making this list <laughs> that I wrote all those things out. <laughs> um, it's actually it's actually a pretty good list. Um, you sent it to me a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, and it's uh, I I think I was talking to um, Lucas about it and telling him how you know you created this list and and yeah. man, it, it looks like something that you take out, out from a um, um, preaching class in seminary. <laughs> um, so it's pretty amazing that you mm. you came up with that. 
that you that, that you that you move from stealing sermons to creating yeah. your own little <laughs> yeah uh format of like you know preparing your sermons let me ask you something about that um the mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> excuse me about uh plagiarizing sermons N now where you at at life right now obviously you're not that 16 year old yeah. um um ignorant thief <laughs> <laughs> Yep. But um progressive sanctification. Yeah, amen. Amen for that. <laughs> How do you feel about that now and what would be your advice for because in all honesty like I did that as well as mm -hmm. a young preacher when I was well, I'd say I say now a young preacher, but I don't think, you know, <laughs> I don't think I would call my I, I, if I if I had a, a time machine, I would go back and and slap myself in the face mm -hmm. a couple of times, right, you know, and say like, man, wait you're gonna go yeah. to seminary yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um what would be your advice for um young preachers who are doing that today yeah stop um i think that would be the, the biggest thing and the reason why is not so much um not so much because i mean honestly if you're 15 you're probably not preaching at this on this big grand stage or platform um you're probably preaching to bible studies or small groups or something like that um, um, or churches that are smaller probably um, so it's not so much that people are going to hear and say like oh Louis plagiarizing this sermon what I would say stop to is you're robbing yourself of really digging deep into the word of God mm -hmm. um, it's easy to take from other people um, the thing that is hard is digging deep into scripture because I mean Danny you know it just as good as I do that, or just as well as I do that. It, um, if we dig deep into scripture ourselves, those are lessons. Those are things th that application is an application that is going to stick with us forever. Mm -hmm. Um, not so much taking other people's words. Um, it's more so digging deep into God's word and saying, okay, I, I want to dig deep. So if, if there's a preacher listening to me now that has a reputation or, um, feels like he has to take uh, someone else's words. You don't. Um, you just just open scripture and and yeah, it'll be more rewarding than what you're doing now. Amen. Yeah. And uh, guys, Louis knows this right now. So he I, I believe he already repented of that. Yes. That's stealing. Yeah. That's stealing. <laughs> that's stealing. And that's 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 you basically saying i'm gonna preach what somebody else was minister in scripture mm. uh through you know his time of studying and being ministered by the holy spirit through what they were studying yeah. um and that's 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 stealing so yeah, yeah i would say like stop yeah stop <laughs> as well okay louis how about Oh, we're gonna we're gonna go a little bit a little bit to the past here mm. with this question. Uh, um, you already answered how you come up with your sermon preparation. I think it's a fine way to do. <laughs> I'm actually I'm actually looking forward to digging into your to your list so mm. I can actually take some notes of it and organize myself a little bit better. <laughs> um, how do you how do you came to faith, Louis? Yeah. I think that's gonna be an interesting story. I'm I'm, I'm not sure like if I heard this before <laughs> yeah i think i would remember if i did so this is gonna be good 
So I grew up um, in a Christian home. Um, I went to a non-denominational church that kind of had more charismatic Pentecostal leanings. Um, yeah, I like to say that I was in ministry um, from the time I was, you know, six months old or so. Uh, my birthday is December 26th, 1992. And the Easter of 1993, mm -hmm. I was in the, the Easter drama and I played baby Jesus. Um, <laughs> So I, uh, I was in ministry my whole life, man. <laughs> um, and yeah, I grew up in that church. Um, for a season, my dad was a pastor of a church in Cicero, um, but his church didn't grow. Uh, so they called him back into the main church um, that planted him out. And yeah, I mean, I from a young age, I mean, being in a church that was charismatic, there was a lot of times that I heard words of prophecy that I was going to be a pastor or that God was going to do big things in my life and stuff like that. And, um, and I think early on, I let that kind of get to me. Um, so I think that was a positive in my life because it did, it did make me think like, well, if this is what God wants me to do, then I need to, you know, be on, be on top of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I need to be in scripture and all this stuff. And so at a young age, I was, I was knowledgeable of scripture, but man, it wasn't until I was 16 years old that I had kind of a, uh, Paul on the road to Damascus type of, uh, you know, Jesus just dropping me off of my high horse and, yeah. and saying, you don't know who I am. Yeah. Um, and I want you to know who I am. Uh, and it was through a Bible club at Morden East High School um, and through a, a guy by the name of Brian Revore, um, who I love that brother so dearly. Um, he really began to break down scripture for me and he would hear all my Sunday school answers yeah. and he would say, no, let's go deeper than that. Let's talk more about that. What does that mean? Um, and man, it was at that moment that I really began um, I couldn't reconcile the fact that I was in a Christian home. I was attending service every Sunday. I was on the worship team at this time. Um, but I was still struggling with, you know, things teenage boys struggle with. And I was looking at, uh, my life in connection to what God was doing, mm -hmm. um, through my life. And I was saying, you know what, at the end of the day, I had this feeling that God was looking down on me and he was frustrated with me or he re I remember the day Danny I was sitting um in my in Brian Revore's office with tears in my eyes telling Brian I just feel like God regrets sending his son to die for me and man him being able to sit down with me and say Louis he doesn't regret it it is for this very re even now you're seeing me kind of yeah. get emotional here but it was even in that moment that he really, he broke down scripture for me. And it was as if like barring with the language of, of Paul, like scales just fell off my eyes and yeah. I truly understood the gospel. And that's good. It's been a bumpy road since then. Obviously all, all of the Christian life is bumpy and um, at times it feels like a roller coaster, but man, I rem that day is the day I truly came to, to faith and, 
from there, I went to Moody uh, right after high school um, for a year. I, I did distance learning, which was on it's online Moody, and I did horrible, Danny. Um, <laughs> nah. Yep, I did. I uh, I finished a, a whole year of um, Bible college, and I had a point nine. That's zero point nine GPA. It's horrible. You have to be really <laughs> bad to have a point nine GPA. So. Um, after that, I, I mean, I was still at that charismatic church, um, yeah. and it wasn't until 21, um, at that time I was looking at listening to guys like John Piper, um, Matt Chandler, mm. listening to reform teaching. Yeah. Um, and so 21 and you were still not, you were, you were still not reform. Yeah. Okay. 21, 21, I so I, I became reformed around the age of 20. Okay. Um, and my church, uh, was not reformed and I was asking a lot of questions that were not favorable, favorable questions. Um, I was very frustrated at the church. Um, and yeah, at the same time though, Brian Revor had a really harder, uh, strong urgency in his heart to start a church plant in my hometown of Cicero. Okay. And he called me. I remember the day he called me um, November 1st. And he said, we're having a bonfire at my house. Why don't you come down, play some worship? We were playing worship. And he pulled me aside and said, Louis, I have a strong desire in my heart to start a church in Cicero. And I want you to be a part of that. And I remember thinking, yeah, I, I can do that. I can be a worship leader or whatever. Like, that's cool. Mm. And, um, and I said, yeah, I can do that. I'll, I'll do, I'll lead the worship and, you know, I'll help. I'll kind of, I'll be like a non-official youth mentor because at that time I was 20. Um, and he said, no, Louie, I want you to be co-pastor with me. And I almost pooped in my pants Danny, <laughs> <laughs> because I was 20, um, turning 21 in a month. And I didn't know what I was, I, I don't know, pastoral ministry, you know, and yeah, yeah. But needless to say, um, after a lot of prayer, I said, okay, let's, let's do this. And yeah, 21 years old, March 1st was our first service and, um, man, uh, it happened. And, uh, that was a church that I served at for five years. And, um, a lot of things happened at that church that really shaped me for ministry, but also, um, taught me a lot about ministry, um, mm -hmm. And, um, now I'm serving at Boulevard Presbyterian and, um, yeah, that's kind of my road to faith. It was a long one. <laughs> so in there, you mentioned that to age 20, mm -hmm. by age 20, you were already reformed. Um, but you were still at a charismatic church yeah. that you grew up in, right? Mm -hmm. Um, where, where was that point that you, um, that transition point or meeting point or connection point that you became reformed or that you started leaning towards reform um, theology and walking away from um, the charismatic movement, yeah. if we can call it like that. Yeah, it was a conversation with a guy by the name of Matthew, uh, Matthew Novak, shout out to you, bro, <laughs> um, who he may be listening to this um yeah, he is no longer reformed, which is interesting. 
Interesting. The time he was reformed and um, he is no longer reformed, um, or at least to the best of my knowledge. But he, yeah, he really encouraged me. Um, I was just going through a tough season in my life mm-hmm. at the age of 20. And he, he shared with me um, a sermon jam. Have you ever listened to sermon jams? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he shared with me a sermon jam. Uh, it's the famous one, uh, John Piper on the prosperity gospel. That one's good. Yeah. That one is good. And uh, he shared that one with me and I was listening to it and he said, you know, this, uh, this guy has a book called five points um, that you should check out. Um, and John, the cool thing about John Piper is he has most of his books. You can get them for free. Yeah. Um, on his website, desiringgod.com uh, or dot org. Um, I think it's dot org. Yeah, I yeah. think so too. Um, and yeah, as I was listening, you know, I, I started reading that book online and man, th- things just started to open. I started to see, and it was funny because, you know, I, the five points of Calvinism, um, Tulip, mm-hmm. um, I started to see total depravity everywhere, but, you know, unconditional election, you know, all those other things like perseverance of the saints, limited atonement. I was like, that stuff isn't all over scripture though, but total depravity is. And then it became, well, now I kind of see unconditional yeah, yeah. election. Yeah. Well, now I see limited, to- now I see irresistible. Yeah, I yeah. See- and like it was, it kind of began this actually the real order. The last thing that really hit for me was limited atonement. That mm. was the last one that the last domino that just would not fall. And once that fell, man, I started devouring everything that was Calvinism. Um, got involved in a, a church, um, not so much as a congregant, but uh, became good friends with a pastor from a Christian Reformed church mm-hmm. uh, by the name of Philip Leo and another one by the name of Peter Avilas. And those two guys were instrumental in taking me from a zealous Calvinist to a a reformed Calvinist of the sense of by Stella's Calvinist, you mean a cage stage Calvinist? Yes. <laughs> I was telling everybody, this is why you're wrong. And let me tell you, uh, read this book. <laughs> hey, 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 some of us still needs to sometimes need to go back to a cage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool, man. That's a, yeah. that's a great, um, it's a great story. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I think you answered this one, but I'm going to, I'm going to still ask you just in case you, you do have more mm-hmm. um, people in this uh, category. Um, who has, who has been a big influence on um, for you in your Christian walk um, specifically where you are right now? Like I'm pretty sure you, you, you look back right now to, 16 year old you and 26 26 26 10 years old, 10 years um so in the last decade i'm pretty sure there's been some um uh, big hitters that have been, yeah. have been uh, an influence in your life and in your walk with the lord um anybody that you know that maybe some of our listeners can um search out or you yeah. can you know give a shout out to yeah i think uh some of the big authors and pastors um i think chiefly just like you john piper um 
as a matter of fact, I once heard someone say um, concerning my preaching, they said, you know, I, I don't like the way you preach because you remind me too much of John Piper. And they weren't a fan of John Piper. Man, I heard that and I was like, thank you so much. And you're like, <laughs> that means so much to me. <laughs> Man, is that a compliment? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. So I would say right now, uh, I, I have to mention John Piper, though I don't listen to him as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, John Piper has been a big encouragement. So has R.C. Sproul, um, nice. Timothy Keller. But recently, um, some of the guys that have really been um, helpful. Um, one guy, you can find his sermons online. He goes, uh, he pastors a church in West Chicago called uh, uh, Nueva Esperanza. Did mm. I say that right? No. Yeah. Uh, sweet. Um He's uh his his name is Al Guerra. Um he's a pastor of a PCA church. And I think with that, he's been really helpful for me to kind of help me understand uh what it means to be Latino and Presbyterian. Um and um and really what that means is I mean in, in my interpretation of it all is mm-hmm. it's no different from being anything in Presbyterian. Uh, and he carries that well. Um, another guy, uh, Philip Leo, who I mentioned, uh, he taught me one of the biggest things, which was whenever whenever someone is making much of your successes, remind them of remind them of the amount of times you have failed. Mm. Uh, and I love that. Um, and he's lived that out for me every day um, that I've talked to him, every conversation we've had. But I think uh, two of the biggest guys is the pastor that I have now, uh, Pastor Jeff mm. um, Schneider at Boulevard Presbyterian. Um, he's really taught me what it means to um, to care for people, serve, uh, make sure people know that they're listened to and loved, mm-hmm. um, which has always been a stumbling block for myself. Um, most young preachers, love being heard and not hearing Mm. and i fall into that all the time Mm. um and jeff has helped me to kind of say no you know what the real the real gold is is in what others are saying not so much in what you're saying so that's been helpful for me to learn from yeah that's good and um chiefly out of all of them is brian rabor who i mentioned Um, yeah me and him disagree on a lot of things theologically but Man, whenever I'm with him, it's like being with a, it's like being with a, a father, you know, he really, yeah, he, he loves me. He cares for me. He prays for me. And the most important thing is I have not, I have yet to meet a single person to say, man, that Brian Revore guy, I hate that dude. <laughs> Everybody loves that guy. And I think that's a great testament testimony yeah. because, uh, it shows that he, he loves. That's um, good. So. That's good. Yeah. Cool. Um, Louis, let me ask you this. Then um, it's going to be like a, du- it's like a double question mm-hmm. in one. <laughs> <laughs> so what are areas or what are things that you do to strength, strengthen your walk with um, Christ um, as you live right um, under the authority of Christ in every area mm. of your life, you are a pastor, resident, you are a student, 
uh, actually a student of the PCA mm. and um, a student at Col- Columbia Columbia College, right? Yep. So, and you um, have some uh, wedding gigs and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so you you like most of us, you have a, a scheduled <laughs> life. Yeah. <laughs> so, but what are things that you do? Um, and I'm referring to more like Christian disciplines, right? To mm-hmm. to strengthen your walk with Christ. And in that same um, um, route, what what are areas that you see yourself um, that you're weak, mm. and that um, what are things that you would do that you know that you can identify and do uh, to strengthen those areas? Yeah, yeah, I think it varies the the disciplines that I'm weak and deficient in. Um, there are seasons, right? Some seasons I am just very bad at being in the word. Some seasons I'm just Mm. very bad at discipleship. Um, I'm usually always bad at fasting because brother loves some food. You know (laughs) what I mean? Um, and you know, areas of, of, uh, prayer and discipleship as well. I forgot which one of those I mentioned already, but ways that I try to help myself is scheduling times, um, it's like you mentioned, I, I tend to like busying my schedule mm-hmm. um, because if I don't, then it's very easy for me to just sit on a couch and play video games all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want that's that's dangerous. Um, yeah. And so what I tend to do is I jam pack my schedule and I create those times of discipline. Um, I try to pray um, and read as early in the day as possible. Um, because the further and further I say, well, I'll write it off. I'll push it back. I'll do it before I sleep. I never do it. Um, so I try to do it as, as soon as possible. Um, I, I'm not as, as big of a fan. Um, not, not so much a fan. What the thing that's never helped me too much is like hearing scripture. Um, so I try, I, I love the flesh and bone. That's because you haven't listened oh. to uh, Street Lights. What is Street Lights? You know what, man? Street Lights. It's <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing. They don't even know we're doing this. I know. <laughs> but I'm gonna give a shout out anyway. Yeah. Street Lights. It's an app uh, where you can uh, listen to primarily the New Testament mm-hmm. um, with some sick music. Uh, um, soundtrack uh, 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 behind a person that's reading scripture hmm. and it's really good uh if you are not distracted by the music um it, it you know it gets you connected um really good so for mm-hmm. me it works every morning when i wake up i'm doing I'm, you know i'm getting the coffee ready yeah. i'm driving to work i'm listening to streetlight hmm. um so if you have an iphone if you have a, a smartphone yep. <laughs> download streetlight uh, I know that that Louis is gonna download that and yeah. uh, is gonna help his time of of being the word. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. But uh, go ahead. Yeah. So I try to read and pray as soon in the day as possible. But one thing that I I'm really bad at, um, Daniel, is discipleship. Mm. Um, and one thing that I've been avidly trying to do is uh, just meet with. Uh, other brothers at the church that I serve at um, and 
yeah, you know, whether it's, whether it's us getting together, um, and going to grab a bite to eat or Mm -hmm. going to the movies and then talking about faith and film together. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love the movies. Um, and well, or, or whether it's, I mean, this, like I mentioned the first week, this is a form of discipleship between the two of us as well. Um, I've really, uh, in this season of my life, uh, been really delighting in the fact of, um, that verse in Proverbs, uh, iron sharpens iron as a friend sharpens a friend. Yeah. Um, and I think that's such a, a beautiful gift from God. Um, the gift of brotherhood. Um, so I've been really trying to delight in that and seeing ways that I can sharpen others in ways that I can be sharpened by others. So, Amen. Amen. Okay. How about we transition from ministry mm. and <laughs> here it comes. Uh, and we ask this following question, or actually, I think it has to do with ministry as well. So you were involved in you involvement in ministry, mm-hmm. um, pastor, resident, uh, somebody who gets to preach every mm, once a month at least, minimum, 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 or once a month preaching. Yeah, and being involved uh, at the level that you're involved in ministry. How I'm pretty sure some people out there want to know how has that. <laughs> <laughs> this is a curveball. How has that um um shape or has I think that yeah, I think that credit word would be shape uh your understanding of how you would pursue mm. a relationship. Yeah. Since you're a guy who's right you're 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 I'm guessing and I'm, I'm and my experience right with being being getting married and all that stuff not that I have tons of experience but uh, as someone who's in ministry you particularly mm-hmm. um, you have a, a schedule you have a busy schedule right and yeah. and you're given to certain things um, how would that look like for you to you know pursue a relationship or if someone yeah. is, you know, ready to mingle, how yeah. would that look like, you know, look like for you? Yeah, that's um, that's something I think about pretty often. Um, Actually, how will like? Sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't know, not only to you, but how would that look like for for the other person, yeah. right? Yeah, I think that that's a good question in the sense that it's a little gray. It's not black and white right um and for myself the way it looks for me is um i know at this stage in my life i i cannot uh give the adequate level of care um and you know um attention uh to to a uh, someone that I would pursue, I I wouldn't be able to pursue them well. Right. Cause that's what they need is care and attention and, and love if you're going to pursue them well. Um, that's good. Uh, so I look at that and as a result of that, I am, I avidly tell myself, you know, whether, whether there's a girl that I say, Whoa, you know, they've caught my attention or anything like that. The first thing I ask myself is, okay, is this an infatuation or is this something that God is doing um, yeah. in my heart? Because if it's just infatuation, um, then I have to be real with myself and realize um, 
this will do more damage than good. So yeah. I try to, I try to remind myself of those things early on so that I'm not going out of my way. And yeah, God has not call, called us to break hearts, you know? Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I don't want that to happen for me and I don't want to do that to others yeah. as well. Uh, but then on the opposite that how that looks like uh, for the girl I'm pursuing, um, I think, yeah, I think there is specific care in that because it's a sense of, yeah, I, I want, just as you and, and your wife have spoke extensively about your call to ministry, mm -hmm. um, my, the, the girl that I pursue has to understand that as well. And, um, you know, those girls don't just grow on trees <laughs> for lack of a better statement. You know, it's, it's something that, um, I think being able to, and I think that's really relying on God, right. Yeah. Um, and understanding yeah. one of my favorite, uh, verses in a song that, uh, Elvis, a gospel song that Elvis Presley sang, uh, he said, I know not what the future holds, but I know who holds my future. Yeah. Um, it's a secret known only to him. Yeah. And I think that's so true. Um, and that's what kind of helps me go on day to day, um, uh, whether there are areas in my singleness of loneliness or anything like that, realizing yeah. that, Hey, if God, if God desires that I be married, yeah, then he is even now preparing a woman for me. Yeah. And, uh, I have to, I have to also be in that submission to say, yeah. God, prepare me for that woman as well. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And that, um, as I hear you, I think like it, cause I know that this is something where you, um, I mean, I don't, I haven't asked you this, but I'm, I, because I know you, I know that you will land here too. It comes with that being, it comes with being honest from the start, right? Not mm -hmm. that you're hiding anything, but like, um, people like you and me and, and other people that we know who are involved in ministry, um, it, we, we don't take this, uh, desire that we have in our hearts to be involved in ministry as a, as, 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 uh, how do you call that? Uh, a pretext to be involved just in doing something right in the church. Mm -hmm. We take, we, we take this seriously and we take this as a call that God has placed in our, in our, in our lives. Yeah. And, um, and we know that whoever, whether is a if, if it's a, a romantic relationship, uh, hopefully leading to marriage, right? Mm. Or even just other relationships, we know that whoever we do life with, um, they get all of us. Yeah, and that's that's majority all of us is our involvement in ministry. Yeah, um, and I know that you're a guy that um, that um, that's something that you're gonna throw out there. Yeah, at, at the beginning. And the reason I ask you that question, it's not because I'm, I'm not playing Cupid here. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I ask you that question is because I do believe there's people that, you know, it's a good reminder for, for <laughs> thankfully not for me anymore, but, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> but it's a good reminder for you remind yourself this, I'm guessing. Uh, every every once in a while because you you, you just said it yeah. but it's a good reminder for some of our the people who listen to us um some of our guys that we do know out there that yeah. that they need to they need to know where they stand you know and and like you you said it perfectly we're not we're not 
we're not called to be breaking hearts yeah <laughs> and and i think um part of uh maturing and being someone who stands secure in christ is knowing when are you ready uh to take a step forward in pursuing someone yeah. as a guy right um all right guys uh that was uh louis muñoz mm. uh <laughs> my co-host yes because sometimes i'm his co-host yep. or <laughs> all the time yeah. um but yeah man that was uh louis uh some of the questions uh mm. that 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 i personally uh, was looking forward to to ask and know more mm. about him um so don't forget to follow us on instagram at uh coramdeo podcast or uh yeah cut on just cut on the podcast that's it <laughs> it's just only one um but if you're if you're if, if there happens to be more than one Coramdeo, yeah. um uh ours is the one with the uh blue logo and a cross mm. it's probably the only one out there with yeah. that logo so um yeah follow us uh right as of right now uh you can also listen to us on spotify and in anchor.fm fm yeah, yeah. Uh, anchor.fm and um i'm still struggling with finding it in apple podcast but i'm pretty sure it's there somewhere yeah. so spotify anchor uh fm and apple podcast coramdeo podcast mm. uh yeah every other week uh an exposition on a book of the bible first peter for now and the other episodes are going to be interviews or theological topics so thank you so much for listening peace, peace.